Hey friends, welcome back. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show, and today we are going to talk about meaning. What do we do to get meaning? Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. Lots to talk about today. One of the things that I wanted to talk about that I'm I'm actually still going to put on hold because I already had it scheduled to talk about was the idea that a lot of times we have this very uh, systematic, if you will, this very narrow view of of what is things like anxiety or anger. And and we think, well, I'm not that, so I don't have anxiety or anger. And I got a bunch of emails about that, like, hey, you know, if I listen to your podcast and I look at these cognitive distortions um, or, or these schemas, you, you know, I might have anxiety, but I don't have anxiety. And, and so we're going to talk about that. A, f- a friend of my wife's uh, my wife was talking to her, and and she said, hey, you know, can I be honest with you? I think your husband has some anxiety. I think you have a lot. And, you know, our friend was like, wait, what? And it was because she's a professional. She's very smart. She's very uh, accomplished. She's just a good person to know. Uh, your life would be better if you knew her. And at the same time, because of those things, because she has developed those things, she has something if you'd call if you're willing to call it a blind spot of, well, crap, that's not me, except maybe it is. And so we're going to talk about that. Uh, I did have somebody write in uh, quite lengthy, um, and they were like, well, the shoulds one should not be a uh, a cognitive distortion because it is we should part of the problem here. I'm just going to try to summarize it. Part of the problem is in society today is that no one has any shoulds. Their words, not mine. And, and I would agree, and I think I said this in, in the episode, that there are some shoulds that we should live by. I should be uh, working at being a good father. I should be working at being a good husband. I should be working at being a good friend. Uh, we, we just have to define what that means, and we have to know where shoulds end. And, and shoulds become a cognitive distortion when they don't have an ending and they don't have clear boundaries. And if you can't see that, you probably have the cognitive distortion of shoulds. And so there is that. Before we go any further, though, I do want to take a moment and I want to let you know and remind you that we do have our first ever limited couples getaway marriage retreat scheduled for March 11th to the 13th. Uh, You can go to joemartino.com forward slash relationships with a forward slash. I'm not quite sure why that's there. I'm not very techie. Uh, You can do it easier. Just go to joemartino.com and click on the marriage retreat button at the top. It'll take you straight to the conference. You can find out what's going on there, what we're talking about, where it's at. It's in Daytona Beach, Florida, a place that Eric and I love. Uh, We're both going to be teaching some classes. The tentative schedule of events is there. Uh, We're going to run you through it. Essentially, you're going to get 13 to 15 hours of intensive education on on couples things. We're going to give you the tools to help your relationship grow. We're going to give you the tools to help your relationships improve. This is any relationships. This is a marriage retreat, so a couple's retreat. 
So if you're in a serious relationship, if you're married, uh, but people ask often ask me like, hey, I'm not, but I'd like to improve my relationships. We're going to run those in the future. Uh, we're hoping that this will be a kickoff to a lot of events for us. We're going to do a men's retreat um, and those types of things. And, and we just want to take the time to, to ask people, you know, hey, what would need to happen for your relationship to get better? Wherever it's at, what would need to happen? If you look at your last five arguments, how did they go? And if you say, well, we didn't have five arguments, that's probably a problem and we need to talk about that because conflict is part of anything that is growing. If you don't have conflict, your relationship isn't growing or it isn't growing at the rate it probably should be to be healthy. Uh, I, I was listening to a podcast this morning that was talking about uh, health and wellness and, and they were talking about how you can lose weight by just not eating anything. Just go to the gym and do cardio as fast and as long as you can till you pass out and puke, and then just don't eat anything. And, and if you are even connected at all to reality, what you're hearing, you'd be like, yeah, but Joe, that's not healthy. I agree. And, and actually, so did the people that made the podcast. But a lot of times, that's what people do with their relationships. I'm just going to jettison all conflict I'm going to jettison all arguments because that feels better. And, and you know, we're not fighting. True, but you're also not getting healthy, at least not at the rate that you could if you embrace some conflict. I have had two people reach out to me and be like, hey, you know, it's a lot of money to travel to Florida. True. Uh, you also live in Michigan and it's March, early March. So Florida's going to be a lot better weather warmth wise. But, you know, the thing that I tell people is, this is an investment in your marriage, and there is a simple scientific truth. I don't even know if it's science. It's just a world truth. The things that you invest in tend to do better. The things that you invest time and money in, you tend to do better. In fact, uh, at some point, uh, we're going to talk about uh, how passion is developed. In, 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 the, in the podcast here, we're going to talk about how passion is developed. And one of the realities is it's it's developed by investment, not just time, not just money, but time, right? But certainly money's part of it. The more people invest in a startup, the more passionate they are about it. Well, Joe, startups don't always succeed. True, very true. But relationships that are invested in where both people want it to work and both people are willing to change and grow, they work. I think the vast majority of people want their relationship to work and they want to change and they want to grow. Often they don't know how. And that's the purpose of this conference. We want you to have the tools that you need for your relationship to grow. So joemartino.com, click on the Marriage Retreat tab. If you're on your phone, there's a little three lines at the top. You'll need to hit those, and then a drop-down menu will come down. We're working on upgrading our websites to be a little bit more uh, modern. Uh, I enjoy the older because I do feel that it's a little bit easier to navigate, but I do realize we need to probably improve that. All right, enough of that. What are we going to talk about today? I want to talk today about what happens when you chase happiness and why it's probably bad for you. One of the most interesting things when you study it is in the history of the world, we have, the, we have more people with the majority of their basic needs met. In, in, in now, not everyone, and there are certainly still poverty. There are certainly still people that are just scratching to survive, and there are people that are scratching and they're not surviving or they're barely surviving. But the majority of the people in the world... There, there's, there's a higher majority of people, higher number of people in the world that have their basic needs met, 
And there, we also have what many people believe to be some of the most unhappiest of times, certainly in the modern world. When studies are done, more and more people are reporting that they're unhappy. And part of that is, is because we have switched our focus to chasing happiness rather than chasing meaning. In fact, most studies show that when a person focuses on happiness, they will be more unhappy. I'm going to say that again. When a person focuses on chasing happiness, they will actually be more unhappy. And this is particularly, particularly troublesome in our modern day. Think about it. If, if you've ever had a conversation with a friend where you were talking about a big decision, one of the phrases that you probably heard somewhere was, well, do what makes you happy. And we often translate do what makes you happy as easy. Or, well, what do you think would make you the happiness? And my kids, they get frustrated with me because anytime they use the word makes me or, hey, we'll make you, I'm like, wait, wait, very few things make us, if anything, nothing makes us. Because I hate that nomenclature because it removes the responsibility for our own uh, choices to outside of us. And, and this is a problem, certainly in the modern world. This is the only world that I've lived in, so I can't speak to worlds that have come before us. But it is a problem. And, and I think this is because of a couple things. One, I feel like we think that things will make us happy. And, and often, the more somebody tells me, no, I don't believe things will make me happy, the more I realize that they've just categorized some things as things, and it isn't those things that they think will make them happy, but there's a whole host of other things that they think will make them happy. So, right, I, I knew a person who was like, no, none of things won't make me happy. And I was like, okay, well, what will make you happy? And literally everything he listed was a thing. Now, it wasn't the things that he had deemed material things. So it wasn't a house, it wasn't a car, it wasn't a vacation home. But it was very specific things in his arena of life that if he got those things, he believed he would be happy. The problem with that is, is the statement is true. Things don't make us happy. And, and things don't actually bring us happy. In fact, uh, there was an ancient writer who said, the more things that you have, probably the less happy you'll be because you'll have to then take care of those things. And having those things will bring more tasks to your life. And so the net gain is actually a loss of happiness. Here's what's interesting. What, what researchers have found actually brings happiness is chasing meaning. Meaning always ends up creating more happiness in our life than chasing happiness. But here's the thing. Chasing meaning is often hard, and there are parts of it that we don't like. For instance, I love what I do as a profession. I love uh, I love counseling. I love owning my own business. I love doing conferences. I love writing. I love podcasting. And there are parts of all of the things that I just listed that I hate, that I absolutely despise. In fact, last night I was laying in bed and I was like, oh, it's Monday tomorrow. And I don't normally feel that way. I felt that way probably more, more in the last two years than I have in, in years past. And part of that is because there, I just knew there were, I knew last night there were some things that I had to do today that are hard, that are scary, that, that are risky to, to my own existential self. Or not physically risky, but there are parts about it that I just don't like. I was just talking to a parent, also a fellow therapist, last week, and I was like, one of the things that we have done is we have oversold this idea of love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And if you don't believe in hell, that's okay. 
you, we'll say it's a lie from the pit of Washington, D.C. It is a lie. You can love what you do and dislike aspects of it. You may even dislike days of it, weeks of it, months of it. I really think that this is one of the things that makes this conversation so difficult is because in our pursuit of meaning, we have to be able to wade through the hard. We have to be able to be knee-deep in something we don't like because we know going through the thing that we don't like will get us to something that we find meaningful. Well, how do we then define meaningful? That really becomes the question, right? Are you doing something that is bigger than yourself? One of the most difficult things to, to really run down is if our lives to have meaning, it has to be about more than us. As Adam Grant intimated in his book, Think Again, if you're going to have meaning, you have to be contributing to something important. I'd actually go a step further and say that there's a twofold process to happiness. One is contentment, right? You have to learn how to be content. And then the other is learning what is meaningful to you. So whatever it is you're doing, how are you contributing to the good of others? One of the things that we have lost, and I hate this, I just have to be more selfish. Do we, do we really think, like, I always wonder when people say this, when they say it, if they say it in the room to me, or if they say it to me uh, out to dinner or at a church event or at a social event. And, and, well, you know, the thing that I learned from my divorce is that I just have to be more selfish. Do we really think that the problem with the world is, is that we have too many, self, too many selfless people in the world? We just have too many people who are actually being selfless? I think that's horse garbage. I really do. I think that is horse dung from a barn somewhere. Most of the time, what they really mean was, is I have to figure out an easier way to make myself happy. Joe, you don't know what my marriage is like. That's true, I don't. And I'm not advocating that you stay in an abusive relationship or you stay in a relationship where someone is gaslighting you or hurting you or anything like that. But what I am saying is this idea that we have to be more selfish is probably antithetical to actually achieving meaning. Because by definition, chasing meaning is chasing something that's bigger than us. Than us, I think this is part of the reason we have a society that is mostly angry. I think that this is part of the reason that we have a society that we don't know what to do because we literally derail the meaning in anything. And, and Or we put too much meaning into things that don't actually give us meaning because there's no hard to it. Right, it's so weird to me right now uh, when this episode drops, the, the Sunday after will be the Super Bowl. And if you don't follow sports, I apologize for this next illustration. But Matthew Stafford is the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams. In fact, I think the week this drops, his birthday is either Monday or Wednesday. It'll drop on a Wednesday. I think his birthday's Monday. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But anyhow, uh, when he, because he shares his birthday with Garth Brooks, that's how I know what day his birthday is. Uh, but when he, when he goes and plays, it's so weird to me. All my, these people that I know here in West Michigan are cheering for him because that's our Matthew Stafford. And I'm like, wait a second. When you were losing, uh, when, when you were watching him lose with the Lions, you actually said to me he was the problem. And I argued with you that the greatest quarterback in the history of the league couldn't play, play behind that offensive line. And you were like, no, no, no. Here's the thing. They have identity. They're winners because Matthew Stafford is winning. But that's not actually meaningful. I'm a diehard Yankees fan. Oh, not meaningful. And, and some people are going to shut me off right here. I know it because I'm going after their identity. I apologize. Actually, I don't apologize. Uh, hopefully, you'll listen on. I am a diehard 
shush, shush, just shush. If your identity is wrapped up in what, you know, other people do on a sports field, we need to change your identity. We need to find something more meaningful for you. Well, I hate my job. It doesn't make me happy. But boy, those Tigers, boy, when they're hitting a home run, that does bring me happiness. Shush, shush. Or, or maybe your identity is being smart, but there's no meaning in that because you were born smart. Or maybe your identity is in, I go to church 75 times a week, and I stand down front, and I throw my hands in the air, and I jump up and down, and I scream, Jesus! Awesome. Probably not meaningful. Joe, that's religion you're talking about. Yeah, I know, but it's, but it's not actually meaningful because meaningfulness comes out of hard. Meaningfulness will always have difficult in it. And when you chase meaningful, you'll probably be more happy because you'll have to learn to be more content. And I want to be really clear in this. I'm okay with everything that I mentioned, literally. I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. I enjoy watching the Super Bowl. I watch pro sports. I, I don't watch a whole lot of pro sports, but I do watch it. I watched some of the playoff games for football. I didn't really watch any other games this year. And I enjoy watching a game with some friends, you know, now and then. I enjoy baseball. Uh, every year I'll watch as much baseball as I can uh, or as I choose to in the context of how I want to spend my life. But, but not all of it gets spent that way. Uh, I go to church. If you don't go to church, that's okay. I hope that you'll continue to listen. But I go to church. I don't really like that phrase, but that's a theological argument, not a little bit outside the scope and sequence of, of this podcast. And I don't even really have any problem with the people who are jumping up and down. If they want to jump up and down, that's their business. Until they falsely believe that that's their identity, then as a person who is passionate about trying to help people actually find meaningful identity, I do have a problem. And, and I don't care what it is. If you're smart, that's awesome. If you're not smart, that's okay too. One of the things that I think when we have the smart conversation, this is totally ADHD, is we need to have a conversation about the different ways that smart works. It's one of the reasons that we can't have very good conversations anymore is because we tend to just, our identity becomes things that we don't have to put time into. Or we put a lot of time into, right? So the person that puts a lot of time into getting the 4.0 GPA, uh, because for whatever reason they were told that they should, if you question the value of a 4.0 GPA to a holistic life, they'll, they'll be upset. And this is what happens when people chase meaning or, or chase, chase happiness, and you say, well, wait, chasing that might not work. They tend to get upset with you because they're like, well, wait, are you, you're saying everything that I did was wrong? No, not everything, but maybe a lot. And, and you know, there was a time when, when I was a coach. Well, I'll go all the way back in high school. There was a time in high school where I thought, you know what? If I could just be good at sports, people, I'll, I'll have meaning. People will like me, and if people like me, I'll have meaning. And I never was very good at sports. I was okay. But I still felt like the same people liked me and the same people didn't like me. And then, well, okay, if I coach and I win. And, and, and then I realized, you know what? Actually, what makes coaching worthwhile is that you're shaping lives. And it's actually probably my biggest beef with current sports. We've taken that out of it. We don't – we're trying to raise kids with everybody but their parents. Like, they could leave the house at 6.30 in the morning and not get home until 9 at night. And we've normalized that. And I think it's wrong and it's dangerous. Because part of the way that we find meaning is we chase hard things. Another way that we find meaning is we do it in relationship. And the primary way that we figure out how to do hard things is we build relationships with the people that we live with. 
because the people that we live with will have the most opportunities to do things that are annoying that we'll have to overcome. The people that we're in relationship with will bring the most opportunities for us to look at our own emotions. And this is how we find meaning. When we start engaging in hard things and we start engaging in hard things through relationship, what happens is those events begin to give us an understanding of what is meaningful because we see us moving things that are outside of us, that are more than us. And this is where you find meaning and where you find meaning, you will find happiness if you can moderate contentment. And, and that's a very important, uh, uh, ah, that's a very important, I can't think of the word, process to get you from wherever you're at to wherever you want to go. What is meaningful? If you don't engage in this next activity, what happens? So I enjoy washing dishes. I enjoy washing clothes. And, and I wonder, well, okay, so if I didn't do these things, what happens? Honestly, not much. I'd be dirty, I guess. But, but part of being clean, part of bringing order to our world, part of being a steward and having dominion over our world, there, there's a correlation there between doing that and having happiness because it's meaningful work because we're having stewardship over what we're doing. We're having dominion over what we're doing, over our environment. One of, the, one of the problems that we have is that we have created a world where nothing has meaning unless you think it has meaning. And, and the, I agree with that when it comes to language. Like the specific words that we use only have meaning because we agree to use them. So my coffee mug is sitting here looking at me. And it, 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 we only know that uh, what a mug is because we all agree that mug is the word that we use for it. But actual existential meaning comes from something outside of us. It comes from the pursuit of something bigger than us. And, and so this is, I think, one of the reasons that conversations go so sideways so fast is because, you, you, you know, you've heard the phrase keyboard warriors, but, like, for the person who believes in mask, when they're talking to the person who doesn't, they're not just having a conversation about different ideology on how to best handle the COVID pandemic. They're trying to save their soul. They're zealots. I grew up in a hyper-conservative environment, very conservative. Uh, at one time, and, and some people that I grew up with might hear and think I'm talking about them, but it, I'm not necessarily. At one time, it, I actually was part of a culture that believed that music with a certain beat was bad. Uh, I wasn't allowed to wear shorts. I remember the first time I wore shorts in sixth grade. Uh, my best friend's mom, Travis's mom, Lois, gave me a pair of shorts and said, you're going to go for a long bike ride. Put these on. So I did. And after that, uh, we kind of wore, I think we had a couple pairs of shorts that we wear, and things gradually changed. But, but there was this, this adherence to this hyper-conservative environment. So I know a lot of people in that environment. And, and what's interesting to me is now that we're adults and we're well into adulthood, maybe even, dare I say it, middle-agehood, that doesn't sound good. Uh, the, the, what's interesting is they've rejected most of the beliefs that they grew up with and they've embraced the exact opposite. So now they're very liberal, but they're still using the same methodology of hypervigilantism intellectually, of hyper, what I call fighting fundamentalism. They're just liberal. They just switch teams because they find meaning in, in chasing that, 
that, that, hey, look, I was wrong, and now you need to know why I was wrong because you're wrong, and this way you'll be better. And, and, and they think that will make them happy, and it doesn't work because there's always going to be somebody who holds the view opposite of us. And, and so there is this chasing of meaning and this, this, what is cancel culture about? It's about destroying anything that we find uncomfortable. Just destroy it. Joe Rogan said something you don't like, cancel. Right? Uh, Michelle Obama is a liberal and you're a conservative. Well, then don't listen to this next quote because one of the quotes that, that she said that I love was, asking a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up, is one of the dumbest questions I've ever heard. And I'm like, oh, my word, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That has nothing to do with the topic. I'm just pointing out that there are people who will disregard that quote, regardless of the merits of it, simply because of who it came from. Because their meaning and therefore their happiness is threatened by the fact that they might be supporting someone who has a different, different political ideology than they do. This is a terrible way to live because it almost ensures that you will be unhappy. What do we do instead? How do we then chase meaning? Well, find things that matter. Find things that matter more than you. But hold them lightly. That's the key. Hold them lightly. In other words, there are things that I think matter, and I realize other people don't care about them. And that's okay. But I will ask them, so hey, tell me what you're doing that you find meaningful. Why do you find it meaningful? These are good questions to ask yourself. What am I doing that I find meaningful, and why do I find it meaningful? How is it contributing to something bigger than me, something larger than me? How is it contributing to something else that is important? All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you did, please share it with three of your friends. It's so important that we share things. That's one of the ways that we contribute to things that are bigger than us. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.